Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. There was a major botch at the end of last night's AEW Revolution 2021 pay-per-view. Uh, overall, a very enjoyable show. Some things were absolutely spectacular. The main event was pushing the boundaries of what this art form we all love can do. And they had a killer idea. An absolutely heart-wrenching, tear-inducing, killer angle to close the show with. And they screwed it up. And it's such a shame. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luco. And we're reviewing Revolution, last night's pay-per-view of AEW. And we're going to open with the end because it's how you leave them, folks. You know, that's why I don't like Return of the King. Because it had four or five different endings that got progressively less impactful. Uh, Bully Ray put up a tweet after the show finished. There was a quote, and that quote was, fans will only ever remember the finish. And that quote was attributed to Vincent Kennedy McMahon, which I think tells you a lot about WWE as a company and the way that they uh, they put wrestling shows on. But like we have had, I would say for the last couple of months, really, you know, when you look at uh, like the last what three, four shows that we've had, let's say three shows that we've had, four including this one, um, we had a man being set on fire, and we always like, oh, that's quite laughably silly, really. I'm sure some people enjoyed it, but it looked, I thought it looked hokey as all get out, and I thought it was a bit rubbish, and I'm not into this storyline whatsoever. Rumble was great. Then we had the Miz cash in and become the WWE champion, and I was left at the end of that show being like, I don't want to watch this product anymore. This is really, really rubbish, and I hate it. And then we had the ending of last night's show that just made me feel sad. Like it was a different kind of emotion. It was just as bad as a man being set on fire. It was just as bad as the Miz cashing in for the WWE Championship. But I had a completely different emotion off the back of it, which was I went to bed sad and really like I, I, was, I put it off on Twitter last night, but I don't, I'm not sure if this was the right word to use. I was gutted. 
like really gutted that this went nipples north. I felt gutted for John. I felt gutted for Eddie. I felt gutted for Kenny and Tony and everyone that worked there. And I just went to bed a bit sad. And I sort of, and I, I didn't, I mean, it was late 5 a.m. by the time we, you know, we were actually getting into bed and I couldn't sleep. I, I was just laying there thinking about, oh man, what, what could have been? Because it was near, near perfection. Yeah, obviously, Luke, all of us are hurting. So don't go too hard on his mic not working properly right now, folks. Something is wrong with your mic. You sound a bit echoey to me. Don't know if you're on the right one. If you've still got it cranked up to 120% of last night. I had it cranked up from last night. So I've, I've now got it. I've now, I've now janked it down. Okay. But yeah, I totally agree. It's it's sad. It's sad. And it's a little bit frustrating. So let's talk about what actually happened first. The main event was the exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. And they had a brilliant match. You know, I never someone said in the comments on the live reactions, I'm loving this match. I never want to watch it again. But man, this is a spectacle. This is sort of a a once every five, ten years kind of opportunity to tell a wrestling story in a different way. You can't do these all the time, unless you're in the 90s and it's Japan, because that was insane times. But you, what they did, it was, for the benefit of people who haven't watched the show, three corners of the ring were replaced with barbed wire. So no ropes there, barbed wire. And they were also rigged up the C4. So if you're thrown in to those ropes, boom, kablamo, and barbed wire, double sucky. And it really, like, wrong-foots you in your expectations for how a wrestling match is, is formatted and laid out. Because right at the start, you know, lock up, they, they do a little few trades, reversals, and you're like, I know a wrestling, I've seen this before, the Irish whip is coming. And the Irish whip comes, and I almost forgot. So is the pattern of the opening of a wrestling match. I almost forgot that there were barbed wire C4 rigged corners to this ring. And, you know, Omega, like, stopped and, and pushed himself back. And it was just a, a remarkable display in ring psychology of, of the idea that an Irish whip is one of the, the most devastating moves you can do in this match. It was absolutely, like heart in your mouth type stuff uh, on several occasions like i felt uh, my heart was racing throughout the mm. match for various different spots of the going in like the first time you like moxley went into the ropes and everything went off and you got the big like poof, and you know the sparkles and whatever like it was i was like yeah cool it, the ring went boom boom like this is this is brilliant this is exactly what i wanted it to be and then the you know they carried on from there and you had like the uh the a paradigm shift off the ring apron through a barbed wire board that was on the floor that was also had the explosives and stuff and you had barbed wire boards in the corner like moxley got tangled up in that barbed wire there were so many times where he's wrapping the barbed wire around himself like where he you know during the eddie kingston match that we had back at full gear like really great innovative spots and including one of my could be one of my favorite spots of the year which is kenny omega hit the one winged angel and Nobody outside of Kodobushi once kicks out of the one-winged angel. Nobody does. Nobody. St shut up with your lies. Nobody kicks out of the one-winged angel, apart from that one time. But nobody kicks out of the one-winged angel. So we all thought, well, 
and I genuinely thought, I was like, well, this can't be the end of the match because we haven't had the big Kablamo yet. And it wasn't the end of the match, but Moxley didn't kick out. Instead, he threw his leg into the ropes, into the barbed wire ropes, to make it explode, which then exploded into uh, Kenny's face. So he flew off and it flew up into the, into the ref's face, like, oh, oh, this, this, and the other. It was a genius, genius spot. Yeah, love that. You are still a little bit tunnel sounding. You sure you're on the run, the hell. right mic? Definitely on the right microphone. I'm on. Yep, I'm on 100 on the right microphone. I'm just going to put it to 100. Do you want to leave and gonna, come back in? I'm going to automatically adjust my mic <gasps> volume. What did you just that, do? That's perfect. Just, Whatever you just I, well, did. I literally just clicked uh, automatically adjust the microphone. Oh my god! I <laughs> there feel you like go. I just discovered high definition for the first time. <laughs> Fixed. Very apologies for all that, folks. We had to mess around with my mic yesterday. I'm I'm running things off a very, very old mixer at the moment. It's actually the mixer from the studio, and it's a bit cack and it's a bit rubbish. It's jacked all the way up, and I'm still way quieter than everyone else. We are aware of the irony, folks, of what just happened, and that we're about to criticize AEW's production. Okay? Oh, we're yeah. aware. We know. And we're gonna mm. proceed. So I would yes, say though, neither of, neither of us own football companies. Neither, ni neither of us are billionaires that own multiple businesses. Hey, 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 speak for yourself, mate. We are. <laughs> We're one of the leading wrestling media brands in the world. Um, so you get this really, really dramatic match. And then yeah, it's 20 minutes in, 24 minutes in. Very dramatic because they've got this countdown thing. They love the countdown on this show. It was like oh, yeah. it was like an episode of Raw where Bobby Lashley's got a match coming up with the Miz. That's how much countdowns uh, appeared on the episode on the on the pay per view. And this, I, I guess, this was like a, a bit of a sour note because the Good Brothers ran in, and we got those people love the Bullet Club, right? But I, I feel like not many people recognize that the Bullet Club is just a lot of interfe heel interference oh, spots. Yeah. And it gets a bit old, and it is a bit overdone, and it's it's, it's what, not ideal. It's what the faction was designed to do. Like, the whole point of Bullet Club was to be like, well, New Japan doesn't do interference spots because that's a Western thing. So a lot of Westerners got together and be like, we're going to do interference spots. And that was how the Bullet Club was formed. So that's what happens. Good Brothers run down, and they, you know, they're, they're probably in there for too long. But the the drama of the potential explosions is so great. You know the you know the Alfred Hitchcock Hitchcock quote on tension. Uh, no, re re refresh my memory. It's, it's a famous way to think of the difference between shock and tension. So, one way of doing a scene: you have some people in a meeting for five minutes. They're just talking. Boom! Uh, explosion goes off. There was a bomb in there the entire time. That's an example of a shock, and it's a very superficial, immediate response. However, if you do that same scene. And every minute you cut to a countdown timer on a detonator completely mm -hmm. transforms the viewing experience. And that's what AEW did here with this countdown element to it. And so they're down there for a bit too long, but you're still engaged. Omega gets a exploding barbed wire baseball back. That goes. And then a one-winged angel on an upright chair. Ooh, I feel like horrible. we're not talking about the upright chair one-winged angel spot. That's because, because there was so much explode. stuff. To, that's because there's almost there's other stuff to be talked about. And yeah, you're right. It didn't go boom boom. That was sick. I mean, these two guys 
killed each other. The amount of blood that Omega shed. And like you could see when they, they would peel themselves off these barbed wire cover boards and bits of fabric, bits of skin would get tugged by the barbed wire. Ugh. Like Laurie, you can go and watch the live reactions. The best of moments are on this channel edited down. Laurie is like, because he just doesn't like to see that stuff. And it is very gratuitous and visceral. I like it. I'm a sicko. But that, that's, that's what they were going for. But then, yeah, like you said, Omega gets the win and we've still got six minutes and everyone's going like, well, the detonators can't be stopped. And at this point, I was like, can't they? Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Who allowed this to happen? But fair play. It's yeah. all fun. I mean, you, at this point, you can't really argue for logic in an exploding barbed wire death match. It's the awesome defense. And yeah, they cuff him in the in the middle of the ring. Moxley is down and out. Eddie Kingston comes to save him. The you know like, and I think Eddie Kingston didn't come immediately because I felt like I I don't mind that because it what it wasn't that desperate. It wasn't until the countdown timer was really near the end. Moxley wasn't moving. He was cuffed, helpless. That Eddie had to come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was yeah, waiting for you to going, go into it. I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you tell the story. <laughs> so Eddie comes in and, you know, after this real big blood feud for the last eight months, really, he's trying to help Mox up. And I, I watched this back again this morning and I recounted it in a very sleepy state to my lady partner. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah, I think we all welled up when it was happening. Yep. Kingston, he's trying, he's trying, he's trying. He cradles Moxley's head. And then, just like that scene in the first Captain America movie, the hero, the hero in this villain heel that we've had for the last eight months, who we always knew there was something good in him. Moxley told us there was something inherently heroic about Eddie Kingston's character from the life he knew him in before. He threw himself over Moxley. He didn't think about it. He just did it. In, in the face of a huge explosion and a 10-second countdown timer on the Tron. And it hit. And you're like, oh, my God, this is some of the best, most emotional storytelling and wrestling I've ever seen. And then the explosions don't really work. Yeah, what essentially we got was some sparklers on a ring apron. One big... Like, it was a proper Marv in the Martian Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom, and we did not get we did not get a kaboom, and and then the crowd booed, and the cr the crowd booed this like and this and this is why I was saying like I went to bed sad and I went to bed like gutted because this was so close to absolute perfection. I was so into the Eddie Kingston rundown. So into him arguing with Kenny Omega. So into him. This is something that I'd like fantasy booked a couple of weeks ago, being like, what if this is like, it leads to a Kingston versus Omega feud, which I'd be so, so into. And he does the like the diving on the grenade. And then some sparklers go off and the crowd boos and they both sell it. And the commentators sell it. And I mean, yeah, like, I mean, someone's put it in here and it's something that I did reference, you know, four weeks ago when this was announced, the TNA electric cage match. 
you know, what they had this great idea of like, we're going to do an electrified cage match. And then they did it and it was rubbish and the crowd booed it and they laughed at it. The difference there is that was not the main event of the show, nor was it one of the most like emotional angles that the company has done in recent, recent memory. It was a proper, proper shame. And what really like, yeah, and this is, this is, I don't know, this is like perhaps a different conversation to be had but I know because I've seen there are people in the chats that are doing this already. We had people in the chats last night doing it as well. There are people in this world that just want this company to be rubbish. There are people in this world that just want this company to fail and to die for whatever reason, whatever reason that may be, they just want it to fail. And this is just fuel for that fire of them being like, I told you this company's trash. We literally had a super a hyper chat in on last night's stream when the show finished was like if you're a fan of AEW you need to get your head checked because this company is terrible and it like you almost want to be like no I mean yeah that one bit was rubbish now that one bit was unforgivably rubbish but the rest of the show was really really great x y and z but it is how you leave them folks and unfortunately they did leave us in a really really rubbish state of affairs and I don't know if like the the post match handling of this has been much better like i mean do you want to give some thoughts before we get into the tony khan quotes well i don't really know what they can do um so what ha what what makes it awkward is that the easiest out to this when the explosions don't pull off in the way and you know that the melts melter has said alvarez has said this was not the way the match was meant to end the explosions were meant to be more spectacular. I've seen people on my videos earlier on Wrestle Talk say, "Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to blow both guys up? Like you, you've got to, you've, you know, the fire marshals wouldn't let them." Tony Khan alluded to that in his post-match interview as well. Like, what, what more did you expect? You know, what, like, apparently there the was more to expect. And if you watch the f, like the 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 full-on highlights of the old FMW days that you'd have these explosions, but then you'd also chuck up a load of smoke as well. And that's very good at sort of obscuring what had happened. Because if all the explosions went off at the same time, a little bit more, and smoke went everywhere, and you dipped the lights a bit, we'd be having a different conversation. Because uh, the, the way the mind works, it's usually a lot more impactful to not see the entire thing. Your mind fills in the blanks with the the, the weirdest, most scary fears that you can come up with. The unconscious will always be more scary than the scene. And what we got here was an image of Kingston cradling Mox, which is a beautiful, beautiful image, but very, very safely removed from the explosions. Not only were the explosions weak, they were very far away from them. So it's, it's just, they needed a plan B. We've said yeah. this from the start. Like, this is... There is a high, even if you plan everything out, there is a high risk that it's not going to work because you're dealing with pyrotechnics. And sometimes there is just, just a random chance that it's not going to go according to how you wanted it to. I've been to my fair share of village firework nights. They never go to plan. And that's the Hextable Fireworks Association, Luke. <laughs> they raise money for that goddamn thing six months out the year. They, and they spend a long time planning that. A long, long time setting everything, getting all of those wheels in motion. But things go wrong. So what you needed to do uh, is, is you needed to have a plan B. Like, what do you do if it doesn't pull off? And no, it, it became evident 
They didn't have that plan. They didn't have that sort of rehearsal. What do we do if the explosions don't work in the way we want them to? Not that I want it to be dangerous, you know, but like you've got to think of all these possibilities, especially if there's a high risk of failure. And no, the, the way to get around this would have been the sort of, you know, the stone cold, I've got a gun on Vince McMahon's head and you just, haha, it's a toy gun. It's just a bang, bang message inside. You, you effectively do that. Kenny Omega, it was all a heel thing. Ha ha, I made you, I made you, I don't know, reconnect with your old family <laughs> friends, you know. I've, I've made another Ooh. enemy. I win, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> it, that doesn't really work either, but it's better than what we got, which is people selling something that didn't happen. The commentary team sold something that didn't happen. They have since tried to retcon this. Uh, Tony Khan's comments, which we're going to come to. Tony uh, said Dean Ambrose then. John Moxley cut a promo immediately after the match to the live crowd after the show went off air saying, Ugh, Kenny Omega's a tough son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding ring worth a damn. So even like even Moxley right after the match said it's S word. This was S word. That wasn't the way they wanted it to go. So it's just ugh, such a shame. And like the other side of this as well is that this match was designed a because it's something that they really really wanted to do, but b because they this was to write Moxley off TV. This was going to write Moxley yeah. off TV, and I suppose by extension to write Eddie Kingston off TV for a little bit as well. And I don't think you can write them off TV now. You can't have them like not be around on Wednesday. Course, yeah. You've got to change course now. And like that's what they're doing. You know, Tony Khan uh, did say uh, in the post interview, said, I think we're all lucky that the bomb going off at the end didn't really hurt anyone. Kenny's big master plan, he built a dud. Who would have thought when you draw the big plan with crayons that maybe the bomb might not uh, might not fail to take the guys out? And then, you know, in a more like sort of less cave, everything is like in the end, I don't know what people really wanted unless you want to actually explode the guys at the end. There's only so much you can do. So they're actually blowing up the ring and blowing both guys up. I think the basic explanation is Kenny's ring was set to explode and his plan is a heel who built this thing with a hammer and nails. As we saw, the final bomb just didn't go off. So, yes, yeah, so they are trying to like retcon this thing. But the but we've still got, you know, and as everyone has said, like if if Kingston and Moxley had sat up and not sold it or like you know when jerry lynn came down to like check on them to be like it didn't go off as planned you need to like stop selling this now and we'll, we'll work something out but instead they they continue to sell it as if it was real so it doesn't really work like tony's are real like rationale and like when we get to wednesday and they'll have the you know the, the rationale for this i don't think it's going to really work you're gonna have to do something incredibly impressive to, to get out of this hole that you've dug yeah, I, I can't really see what they do beyond what they've already done. And the problem with AEW is that they're very honest and transparent. And, you know, that those are great principles to have. And I, I, I appreciate that so greatly, being a wrestling fan and, you know, took the last 20 years of WWE not being like that. But WWE's advantage in this game is that they, they can just present a completely different thing the next night. You know, and that yeah. they can ignore it. They can get their commentary team to just twist the truth, say it never happened, ignore it completely. AEW can't do that because they've built up a relationship of trust with us. So either they say, oh, wrestling isn't real, or that I, I, don't, I, I can't figure out. I'm, I mean, I'm sleep deprived. I'm not the best person to ask. I do not envy them of this task, though. 
No, I really don't either. It's and it's a yeah, it's a proper shame. Like this is the match that like you could tell Moxie has always wanted to do. And this was gonna be like his final match for a while. <clears throat> and it was so oh, I, I feel like I'm a broken record at this point, but it was so close to perfection. Yeah. So close. And it just missed the mark right at the last hurdle. Well, I, th- I find it kind of fascinating. Tre- Trevor Dane posted about this on Twitter, which I-, I found really, really interesting when you kind of look at it. And I think it says a lot about fans' reactions and receptions to the two companies. Uh, WWE set a dummy on fire. And by the end of Raw the following night, everyone had forgotten about it. Like everyone had been like, yeah, all right, you know, it's just a thing that WWE do. AEW did this, and it is now the most analyzed and criticized and like everyone is sort of like harping in on this thing because they have set a standard of we are better than this and on that on that one night and that one moment they were not better than this and they were actually quite hokey and a bit rubbish and like and i think you you've hit the nail on the head not having a plan b was the biggest fault of all of this yeah because i look this was incredibly ambitious and I'm always going to have more respect for a company that tries something big and ambitious like that than playing it safe. So I'm glad they did it. But I, I have no patience for people who don't plan for yeah, all right. the sort of possibilities. And yeah, for, for, for something that was so obviously a risk. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, Pat. Pay-per-view was a five out of five right until the last few minutes. I guess Kenny is a bad demolitions expert, and Kingston passed out through fear? On the bright side, Makito to AW confirmed. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say the pay-per-view was a five out of five, because I felt like the last three matches didn't... I Actually, no, two of the last three matches didn't really do much for me. Um, and they're kind of sort of like... I was like so... Inf- I would have been with you pretty much all the way, but there's a couple of matches on there that would have taken this down to a four out of five for me, I think. I, th- I don't know if if they pulled off that angle. Yeah, it's how well, you leave yeah. Them. No, you're right. If they'd have pulled that you off, would have been pulled off that six finale, out of five. Yeah. yeah, totally. Gamma. While the Kenny with Kenny retaining the belt, who could you see be the next title contender? I personally think it should be Lance Archer because he can run rings around Omega. Also married at first sight. Australia did one million viewers on the first 2021 episode. What a show! Yeah, I was talking to Laurie about this last night on the stream. I'd, I've seen like three minutes of it through Gogglebox clips and I could not stand to watch a whole episode of it. It looks like the trashiest of trash TV. Next title contender? Oh, well, I mean, I, I figure it's Kingston. But but he's got a slightly singed back. Yeah, he sort of fainted of embarrassment. I don't know. Maybe <sighs> pages too early... Uh, Penta? It should always be Penta. You mean Penta? Yeah. Female Smark. People are going to say this is the beginning of the end for AEW. Others are going to say that it really wasn't that bad and we should just forgive and forget. The truth is, that was really, really bad. And I'll see y'all next Wednesday. Well, yeah, quite. I mean, we'll all be... Hey, dude, like, there are companies out there that do way worse stuff. And we're like, well, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow to watch more of it. Thank you very much. I'll have some more. Thanks. Benjamin John Milne, a last second call from Eddie to have the explosion be a rib by Omega and Callis to humiliate, traumatize Eddie and Mox would have saved this. If only he didn't go limp. Otherwise, awesome show. Popped hard for Mackie. Should have been Penta, but Sky is fun too. Yeah, the problem here is that Eddie loves this too much. And even if it's bad, Eddie's going to sell it. He might he might not have known. You know, like he, he had his eyes down, head in. All he would have heard was the bang. He doesn't know how it looks on TV. No, no. So I'm him a mox are just going to sell the point. Granted, I, what I'm saying is that even if he'd have seen that it was rubbish, he would have sold that it was real and sold yeah. that it was great because he's an absolute pro. And then cut a promo convincing <laughs> me that it was real. Uh, Ronan Carhill. AW Creative can feel like that guy on Grand Designs who wants to build his house on his own in six months for 50k, but five five years later, there's scaffolding everywhere. Yes, there is great ambition, but sometimes you need to take a step back to see if it will work. Yeah, I think yeah, you put a lot of faith into that this will work, and it did not. They were close, though. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't think there's any problem trying for this. They no. just needed the backup plan. Yeah. And like and that's the other thing as well. Is every every other spot that they had in that match worked. Like everything else worked. It's just that one, the big final kaboom didn't work. 
Wilson Simons, I thought because of Kingston's intentions to save Moxley, the weak explosion didn't really matter, but him selling le literal death after did take me out of it. Yeah, I totally agree. Bacon Rasher, hi lads. I don't think we can call the ending a botch, as if it went to Kenny's plan, Mox and Eddie would be dead. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that was that was the idea. Write them off TV. Kenny just can't make a bomb. Well done, Tony Khan and Mox. Very quick and clever to speak about it, but I don't. But I get why people are annoyed by the lack of pyro. Jam that chat. Yeah, I think it, it's a quick change of tact, but like there are there are other things working against it. Stephen Guzman, I'm going to come off as an AEW fanboy. You're amongst friends, don't worry. Uh, but honestly, the ending didn't ruin the show for me. It's still my favourite pay-per-view of 2021 so far. The idea of Kingston versus Omega outweighs a rightfully critiqued finish, got my money worth, and still love AEW. I mean, yeah, to be honest, Stephen, it was a banging show. Really, really, like, top-tier stuff. Don't Just a bad ending. Khan. Don't tell Tony. <laughs> I enjoyed Vengeance Day more. I mean, well, yeah, that well, I think that was a better show. Also, way shorter. <laughs> Eduardo Surens. Oh my God, Mox and Eddie got killed by sparkles. Uh, I really hope they make a storyline about this, like Callus was worried about Kenny and messed with the explosion or something like that to cover the botch. Also looking forward to Mox and Eddie as a team. I don't know how they can cover it, um, but yeah. they're very smart people. Sadie Lady 59 Omega's sparklers explosion sucked because he was worried if they were any stronger, Abushi would astral project himself to the US and try to put them in his mouth, e.g. DDT. Uh, and he didn't want his man to die. Then not having a plan B really F the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, that's that's one way to retcon it, Sadie. Paul Kerr, honestly, lads, so disappointed. And I'm angry at that too, because if you take away the Tesco fireworks, it's a barn burner of a pay-per-view. Tag Battle Royal, Shida Rio, Miro killing everyone. Question though, where does Omega go from here? Elite Civil War? I still think that's worth way down the line yet. I mean, if the, thing, if the one thing we've seen from AEW since day one is that things don't happen in a couple of months. They take, you know, years to gestate. I tell you where he shouldn't go. A feud with Christian. Oh, that, that would, be, would bad. be bad. Yeah. Mark Andre Sear. This was the first AEW pay per view I showed my sister. It's, got, it's main offended by an exploding barbed wire death. But thank God she left before the final match because that ending was embarrassing. Yeah. I actually had someone send me a message on Twitter last night who said that they bought this show for their friends to come around and watch. Which I'm not, I'm, it depends on where you are, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was just like for our friends to come around and watch, and they were in hysterics throughout the main event because they thought it was so stupid. And I had told them that this is going to be the best wrestling show they've ever seen. Oh. Your hands, Kyle's underwhelming ending, but were, Kenny's, but were Kenny's bombs meant to be duds? I don't understand AEW's kayfabe explanation for Mox surviving an explosion. If the ring explodes, wouldn't that mean Mox would be written off as a character in AEW New Japan forever? Well, no, I mean, certainly an explosion. You can come back from that. Hmm. They, another way was to have the ring uh, implode. implode. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a few people Sam say that Wall. in the chat, yeah. Sam Wall, the poor explosion was covered for by Moxley saying Kenny was bad at building an exploding ring, but that happened after the show. And it doesn't make sense, really, yeah. if you think about it. Could AEW, could AEW cover up for Kingston's selling by saying he passed out from panic? Oh, I don't like... Eddie, Eddie doesn't pass out. He only passes out when someone's choking him the breath from his body. 
That's, that's a fundamental part of his character, because as far as Eddie knew, he was about to possibly die. If there's one person that I trust to cut a promo to make this make sense come Wednesday and to make me believe in this story again, it's Eddie freaking Kingston. Yeah. Uh, also, just have the butcher standing next to him. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, butcher. butcher. Oh, butcher. Richard Dessler, Dressler. I once watched three men try to do a murder on Eddie, only for him to get back up and murder all three back. Tonight, he sold sparklers to death. Still 9 out of 10 pay-per-view, but would have been 11 out of 10 if they nailed the ending. And would always have that street fight. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Homer Starfan13 really enjoyed the, ma- the main event, so it's a shame that most people are only focusing on the botched ending. I'd say this seems to showcase the cynical view of most wrestling fans who only talk about the negative stuff and ignore the great stuff. And yeah. I've, I've got to say a point on this. I, I really disagree with it to, to sort of flip this round on jaded wrestling fans, mm-hmm. because if you go and see any movie, any TV show, it's about, the ending is arguably the most important part you can't screw it up it's mm-hmm. not it's not a wrestling thing if if infinity war had a crappy finish then people would sour on it you could game of thrones one of the most popular tv series for seven eight years was completely undone by a terrible last season and that, yeah. that's that's because it was it was a bad ending and it sours all that journey you went through lost another example I'd say the lost probably lost people uh, after the end of season one, but you know, I, you know, quid pro quo. I was still there. Um, but no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you because it is. We say it on the show a lot. It is how you leave them, folks. And unfortunately, this show left people sad, angry, laughing, embarrassed, and that's the emotion that people are going to take away. Yeah, it's a shame that people are going to not look at the rest of the match, but <laughs> unfortunately, the big kaboom was supposed to be the big finale. Callum W46, one bad thing doesn't make a show. It wasn't even AEW's fault, just explosions not going off properly. Still a great pay-per-view. We, we've said our piece. Yeah. Y- yeah. Y- you have a backup it. plan. Yeah. Uh, Carol One's Trekkie 386. Luke and Ollie, what kind of ending did you want instead of what we got from Mox and Kenny? What would have made you happy? More explosions? The ring falling apart in pieces? I'm just glad no one got seriously hurt. Did you see Moxley's forehead? <laughs> They need to not do these matches ever again. Jam that jam. Yeah, all those things. More explosions, like more smoke. It doesn't yeah. have to be dangerous. It's a work. I was going to say, Carol, like they were 100% safe in what they were doing. It's it, they are, They're essentially worked explosions in a way. Like they've been doing these sort of exploding death matches for a long old time. And people know how to do these and how to do it safely. What I wanted to see was what they had planned. Like that's that. And that is for me is, is the I wanted to see what was supposed to happen. What they had planned, I don't know, but I wanted to see that. Move the pyro to the hard cam section so it complete. It's like obscures what's going on in the ring. There's ways to do it safely, mm-hmm. I imagine. I mean, I'm not an explosive expert. James Hanley, biggest production botch in AEW's history, crushing the previous winner of Matt Hardy can jump cut teleport. It was depressing that it ruined the angle with Moxley and Kingston, but you can't take it back. The show yeah. wasn't ruined for me, but it was funny slash sad. Yeah, you can't take it back. <laughs> key to it. I would say as well that Matt Hardy smashing his head onto concrete was a bigger production error than teleporting. Yeah. Uh, Bacon Rasher. Moxley literally kicked out from the pin. He kicked the rope. He lifted his foot and hit the rope with his foot. He kicked out right. Shoulders. Yeah, that's. I was going to say, when you put your foot on the ropes to get a rope break, that's not a <laughs> kick out. 
Yeah, yeah, it was an exploding rope break, was what it was. That's a good point. He didn't need to kick it and make it explode. I guess it would have exploded however much pressure was on it. Archie Sawyer, as disappointing and embarrassing as the ending was, and as horrible as I feel for all involved, especially Kenny, Mox and Eddie, if anyone can cut a promo to try and somehow redeem this entire thing and make me forget about the awful botch, it's Eddie. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Do you want me to take over for a second? You can rest your voice. Go for it. James Hanley said, the ending was if uh, at the end of Avengers Endgame, Tony Stark said, I am Iron Man, and then missed, uh, missed, the, uh, missed the finger snap. Harry Iverson, I love all the show. thought the main event was fantastic. It's a shame about the lasting image will be the botch ending. Maybe it was supposed to have more, but something went wrong. I'd rather it go that way and not in a way that hurts someone. Yeah, well, yeah, no one's wishing pain and actual hurt on these people, but there's a way to do it safely. Yeah. Uh, Austin Falco, totally agree with you about the Kingston part. I'm fully expecting Mox to be done and go on his own um, and got so incredibly happy, relieved, emotional when Eddie came in. Then, yeah, sparklers. Such a shame to what could have been an A++++ show. Bobby Stevens, I wish they had, uh, wish they planned this and they had Kenny and the Good Brothers laughing at them for thinking they were going to die. If only love from Philly. That's that plan B. Uh, Oshin Doily, hi guys, first ever Ultra Chats. Just want to say what an amazing pay for you. Real shame about the finish, but if ever there was a company I trust to pivot this into a decent storyline, it is AEW. Thanks for the live stream. Feels good watching along with other people. Thank you very much for joining us. Frasier Courts. Hey guys, first time Ultra Chat. Who rigged the pyro? It looked like something from Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> I want the wall. Oh, it's a good paper. Um, Jackson Heath. Well, I agree the explosions were underwhelming. I just never got how people can hate on AEW as a company for one mess up with The Fiend versus Rollins and the burning fake body of The Fiend exists and they, all of them still usually like it. Well, uh, well, you have bad days. I on, yeah. I actually got a message from someone yesterday saying I'd rather watch Fiend Rollins 10 times over than watch the, uh, that ending again. No, no, no. That's disingenuous. But at the same time, that there's it's like how I rate AEW 5 out of 5 is different to a Raw 5 out of 5. AEW has higher standards. There is a higher bar for them to hop over. They're a victim of their own success. Mm-hmm. So yes, you you can you can be annoyed at it. Lee Spicer, however bad the finish to the pay-per-view was, it wasn't enough to de- uh, destroy my enjoyment of the main event itself. It was truly a spectacle until Gilberg sparklers <laughs> went off. Storytelling with Mox and Kingston, I'm truly excited to see more of. Uh, Kodiak, 1984, exploding barbed wire deathmatch, under-delivered for me, didn't live up to the hype. I wanted to see more explosions, not too much more. If you cannot match or improve on what's been done before, don't attempt to do the match. That's a rare critical voice of the match itself because I, I thought it was very good. Mm. I have seen some people in the chats who said like the explosions were crap throughout. Like the, so mm. none like for them, like it just didn't work on any level. Uh, Robbie Rudge, hi guys. Could they sell it as Kingston going into shock like a placebo effect type deal? It's not ideal, but it's better than what we have. I just don't like the idea of having Kingston pass out in that regard. You know, he's... He's meant to be quite resistant to that sort of passing out, isn't he? Dar Train 24, the ending of Revolution was much better than the ending to WandaVision. Jam that jam. <laughs> I really don't know what people were expecting from WandaVision. Like, that finale was exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah, I definitely expected a generic fight sequence. 
It's a Marvel movie. What were you expecting to happen? We've been here before. We've been Dormammu. doing this for 13 Dormammu. years. Dormammu. Yeah, it was. But the scene before that, it's every third act of a Marvel movie. I don't know what people were expecting. Ask Danny. Omega could have hired Chris Jericho as a consultant. He is the demo god, you know. Uh-huh. Nice. Kamel Arif, Mr. Davis, there is always a plan B. Seth Rollins attacks Luke with a chair. <laughs> also, after years of hokey WWE TV, Randy puking black stuff, SmackDown's women karaoke, I can forgive AEW for having one bad night. Well, that's it, yeah. My my sort of patience for AEW making mistakes, this happens like once every eight months. You know, the last real one, there was the Matt Hardy botch, there was the Dark Order beatdown angle. Um, but both of those were like bad ideas from the outset that I wasn't into. This was a very good idea that just didn't work. So it's almost painful in a different way. But yes, they've definitely, you know, I still love AEW. It's just such a shame. Uh, ZUK, hello guys. I thought the main event itself was great, though. It uh, sure was a shame that it ended like that. On another odd note, could an explanation that Eddie uh, was so underwhelmed by the final explosion that he just fell asleep? <laughs> Uh, Josh B17. Hey guys, really disappointing ending. My brother doesn't watch any wrestling. Saw Moxley go into the boards. Was really interested for the rest, but laughed at the ending. Thought it was crap. Real shame. Connor Fletcher. It could have been much worse. Imagine that the explosions didn't happen during Mox kicking the rope in the pin spots. Fair point. Yeah. Um, as to Burt Wayne, uh, explosion, as what Meltzer has said, explosion was a malfunction. I was there backstage. Tony did have a big plan. And um, Pavi Pants, um, when I see the sparklers, I thought Gilberg was debuting. And honestly, hmm. I'd rather have kind of that than save the botch when the Jackson brother hit the top rope falling from the ladder. That was horrible and worrisome. Yeah, that was from uh, All Out a couple of years ago. And Richard Dressler, <clears throat> maybe Nakazawa covered the C4 in baby oil. I am looking forward to being the elite today see what they are going to say on this. So we are 42 minutes in and we've only covered one match on a on an eight match card. Oh so We're in for a long one. Keep getting in your, your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Very newsworthy show because we got the Christian debut as well. Oh. <laughs> um, but let's start with the pre-show match. Rio and Thunder Rosa were meant to take on Dr. Britt Baker and Reba in a tag match. But Reba, oh, she's injured. She's got a crutch on everything. So her replacement is the cutest wrestler in the world, Maki Ito. This was such a wonderful surprise uh, because a lot of people, you know, thought it could be uh, Thea Trinidad, thought it could be Diana Perrazzo. A lot of like, you know, sort of thoughts and speculation. I don't think anyone thought it would be Maki Ito, which made the reveal all the more better. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. She was so fun. Um, this was a perfect, perfect opener. It was a house show match, really. Uh, didn't have any stakes, but that's not that's not bad. It, it actually quite it developed Rosa's feud with Baker a little bit more. No, nothing that we haven't seen before, but Reba hit uh, Rosa with the crutch, and that allowed Baker to get the the roll up win at the end. But I thought everyone's work was really well. Actually, that's that's not true. The work was a bit sloppy. There were quite a lot of botches, but the way the characters played off each other, I I loved it. Yeah, I thought this was a, a lot of fun. 
sloppy as all get out uh, and you know <laughs> in, in in various locations but i had a really fun time with it um and yeah Mackie ito is great uh brit baker's really great reho it's, it's actually really lovely seeing reho back i love thunder rosa it is a you know these four here and then you had the the match later on with mizunami and shida and you kind of look at sort of the wider thing and you're like oh this company does actually have a really good women's roster i'd, I'd like to see more of it please yeah, particularly liked uh, Maki Ito and Rosa, just because Rosa was no-selling all these comedy spots. But uh, Maki Ito and Rio, like the most dramatic part of the whole match was Rio getting caught in this half-busting crap. Awesome selling. Great sell. Uh, the main card opened up big with the Young Bucks versus the inner circle of Chris Jericho and MJF. And... This was this wasn't like on the level of the FTR and Omega Page matches from last year, but it was just it was awesome. It was yeah. and particularly the final third. I think it says a lot about the Young Bucks when you'd be like, ah, you know, it wasn't like as good as their five and a half, six star matches that they only pulled out a four or maybe four and a half star match. What you know, pull your fingers out, lads. Like really, because it was it, like particularly when it got round to its final, like you know, flur- its final third, it was awesome. So so good, so crisp. Everyone was absolutely on fire. Jericho looked great. MJF is such a wicked heel. The Young Bucks oh, are a fabulous so tag team. And it was a really, really great finish to all of this. And interestingly as well, it was Jericho that ate the pin, which gives MJF all of the ammunition he needs to be like, I think this Chris Jericho kid's past it. And later on, they had the promo where Jericho says, we're going to have this like war meeting or whatever it is. It's the latest inner circle blank. War council. Yeah, whatever it, what exactly it is, the latest in a circle in ring gimmick segment that they've got. And MJF essentially in that said, I think it is time for a change within the inner circle. So whether or not they do, we talked about this in the stream last night, whether they do the one, two, three, uh, wink, we worked you into thinking that we were splitting up as a tag team, but actually we're just going to be stronger together, or we are going to get some form of a split with MJF trying to take over. Yeah, it's been going on a while. I, I'm not really sure what their next steps are, but I'm 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 still into it. Uh, MJF particularly was a, just a joy because, like, you, you're like, oh, you're all oh, right. You're the you're the guy who is really good at heel mannerisms. There was a bit where he just did like eight suck it taunts in a row, uh, and then he busts out like a beautiful heat seeker uh, pile driver. I'm just like, oh my god, you've got everything. And you're 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 smart enough to not do it all. Yeah, he he he's so good at like because he's a fantastic wrestler, but he yeah. keeps that back as, as a way to get more heel heat. Just stupid guys, the game. Absolutely brilliant. superb stuff. Really, really, really. This was like a great way to open up the the main card. In the spirit of equal opportunities, because we did talk about the botches in the women's match. Awkward botch for Nick Jackson on the Meltzer driver did the 450 splash like three seconds after yeah, well, that had already was, been thrown out. I, I think it was kind of less of a botch and more of just like, I don't know what they had intended. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, because like Matt had already sort of gotten out of it. So I don't, I, I guess that, you know, Nick was still going to try and hit a move on him to do, you know, like a, an X factor or whatever, but Jericho mm. just stopped. It's basically like they wanted to do, right, cool. Well, off the Meltzer driver, I can get you into the walls of Jericho. 
Does that work? I mean, we'll we'll work it out in the ring. I'm sure it'll be <laughs> fine on the night. And it and it didn't quite work. I should also point out that Jericho hit Wardlow by accident when he was on the apron with a Judas elbow. So I'm sure that'll play. That's just you know that and taking the pin. Mm-hmm. It's very much Jericho's fault they lost this. MJF can yeah. make a case for. Next up, we got my match of the night. Uh, the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. So much fun this was. Yeah, who would have thought that this would actually probably end up being my match of the night as well? But this was terrific stuff. It's easily the best Casino Battle Royale match that they've done. It's a match that they've kind of always sort of struggled to get. Like they, you know, they had this idea of like, oh, it's a Casino Battle Royale, but they come out in batches of 15 people or whatever it was. And it never really truly worked. I'm being facetious, it was five or whatever it was. But it, like, it never truly worked. Then last year, they were like, oh, cool, we'll do it as a, it's a ladder match, but with staggered entrances. This time they're like, ah, we'll just do a Royal Rumble, but it's a tag team battle. It's a tag team Royal Rumble. Just do a Royal Rumble, but we won't call it a Royal Rumble. Yeah, and nailed it. I, I love the idea of a tag team battle royal. Just keep it like that. Don't don't try and reinvent the wheel because then yeah. you'll you'll end up creating the reverse battle royal. <laughs> You've got to fight on the outside to get in for the battle royal. <laughs> But this was, it just had, it really showcased the strength of AEW's tag team division. So many teams, and these are the ones not even in like the, the title picture right now, you know, we just had that. Um, Bear Country stood out, that the, they had little storytelling elements in there as well, where the, the natural nightmares seemed to be breaking up. QT Marshall eliminated himself. We also got some, just the Butcher. Oh, Butcher. Oh, Butcher. Oh butcher. oh, butcher. Just looking awesome. And it, it really all came down to this final four of Pac and Ray Phoenix, obviously a team, versus Jungle Boy and John Silver. And Jungle Boy and John Silver decide, well, you know, we, we've got to team up. Otherwise, we'll have no chance against a, a full tag team in here. Oh, it was so good. These five, the, the final five minutes were probably my favorite stuff of the entire card. Yeah, like it was a really smart way to kind of structure the match, which is that like, it's not a case of if one of your team is eliminated, then the team is eliminated. It's just a case of if you're eliminated, you're out of the match, but your team is still Mm. in there as long as your other partner is there. So we ended up with Death Triangle of Pac and Phoenix versus Jungle Boy of Jurassic Express and John Silver of the Dark Order. And it was just, you know, then John Silver gets eliminated. So it's now down to Jungle Boy against a tag team on his own. So he's got to make the big like babyface comeback and stuff gets out of pack and we come down to phoenix and jungle boy who just have the most like brilliant final sequence it was i i loved it absolutely loved it yeah phoenix hit this insane dive under the top rope outside so he's still legal oh my god the barricade took most of it <laughs> but the yeah i i was concerned jungle boy might win i thought that might be a bit too much but they know what they're doing. They threw him out. Phoenix wins. And now that gives us Phoenix and Pack against the Young Bucks. Oh, my God. I'm in for it. I'm absolutely in for it. And I'd love to oh. see it. Like, I imagine that's going to be on Dynamite. And I'd love to see it on Dynamite. But on pay-per-view. I'd love to see it on pay-per-view. End of May, they announced Double or Nothing, like the 30th of May. It's a long I, time. I don't think they're holding out that long. No. Um. Backstage, we got uh, uh, Paul White promoting Elevation to Dasher. He's sort of putting over his scoop ability again. 
I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, we said this, you know, it's the, the Mike Tanay in WCW, which is like, you know, I've got the inside track of what's going on here. Corey Graves mm. with the Not Raw for a bit. I've got the inside track of what's going on back here. So uh, if you want to co- want to get your scoops, you want to come to me, you want to come to Big Paul. This is where he said, I'll tell you one thing. The signing that's coming out later, no one can outwork them. And that made us all think Kurt Angle. Yes, well, which certainly helped think. by certainly helped by you know Kurt Angle putting out that video of him basically getting ring ready. Although I did say on the stream yesterday, it was like Kurt Angle posting that video made me go like, well, it's not Kurt then. Like it's one hundred percent not being Kurt. Uh, Al Snow's in the crowd along with that guy from the <laughs> movies you've seen. The guy, <laughs> yeah, that guy. You know yeah, the, the guy. guy, the actor guy. He's in stuff. He's in. He's in the. Um, he's in you know, Itonia. Yeah, yeah. And the Richard Jewell film that Clint Eastwood directed. He's that guy. He's, he's in a bunch of other things as well. Yeah, he's that, he's that guy from that film. You know, you know the guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I I, I've guy. seen that film one time. I just, all, all that guy aside, I freaking love that actor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was very happy. I was very happy to see him in a, as a wrestling front row at ringside, not even in the stands. <laughs> That's the exa. I wonder if they, you know, like in uh, SeaWorld, you've got the splash zone. Do you have an explosion zone for the main <laughs> event? Yeah, explosion zone. I like that. Is that in the ex? What's <laughs> what's Christian Cage doing in the explosion zone? <laughs> After that, we got the women's championship match: Hikaru uh, Shida versus Rio Mizunami. This was my second favorite match on the show. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely. Like cracking stuff for a match that had, you know, uh, let's be honest, 30 seconds of build on TV because you had the women's tournament thing and then she did got into the ring, that a couple of strikers changed. They're like, cool, Sunday then. And that was like the build for the match. Um, they had a brilliant video package for this. And they had a brilliant video package that they put up on YouTube to promote this match, which I really, really wish had been on TV to kind of like get people excited for this. We had a lot of people who were sending in chats yesterday and were in just, you know, the, the regular chat that were just like, I'm not excited for this match because I've I've only seen, you know, three matches of a tournament. And I don't know who the, I, I know, don't feel that Mizunami is a real mm title contender because she hasn't been presented as much on dynamite not everyone is watching every single thing that you're putting out there so i I, but i would say that these two did actually such a good job that they made me think that mizunami was going to win the title at several points throughout this they worked it so so well perhaps one or two near falls too many but like overall i thought it was an absolutely stunking stunking match yeah, particularly after Mizunami's spear and leg drop combo, which he's won all of her other stuff with through the tournament, and Shida kicks out. I thought Shida looked awesome here. I thought Mizunami looked awesome. Mizunami still got over all of her sort of zany house show spots with the tug in and the the really flamboyant hulking up. I I, I love them both. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Um, that this is your women's division. I don't, yeah. treat treat them better. Treat, Push them. So afterwards, we did get Shida retained. By the way, I agree. Probably a few near, a few too many near falls at the end. Um, but then Nyla Rose runs in, beats them up, uh, and she's joined by Baker and Ito from the opener. Thunder Rosa runs down for the save, and we're getting a six-woman tag for Dynamite. I hope this actually builds into something rather yeah. than just oh, we make 
we make women match for TV. Yeah, I hope so too. Like whether that is like a new heel faction, I, I don't know. But I would like to see something come off uh, come off the back of this. Because there was a moment when Nyla Rose ran down and I was like, uh-oh, we're getting Roshida again. Because like, surely we can't be doing this again. And it turns out like it's it's sort of not. They, they sort of like splintered off more stories from it. So I hope we do get something out of this. Uh, I really do. I don't want a faction, weirdly. Like looking at all of them, I don't want to. I don't want Rose, Baker, and Ito. That's just like. I think it works yeah. as a faction. I don't think we are getting that. But overall, like, oh, some great. Sorry, I just saw this. The the straight jacket German suplex no sell from Mizunami, and she just stood up off. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Real good strike exchanges. After that, we got Miro and Kip Sabian versus the best friends. They attacked them backstage, laid out Cassidy, and dragged Chucky T down to the ring where they beat him up. Uh, Miro wanted him to quit, but Chucky was just like, ring the damn bell, which was cool. And eventually Cassidy comes down, gets sort of a babyface hot tag, but Miro knocks Penelope Ford off the apron. Kip Sabian's checking on her. Miro gets annoyed at Kip gets Kip to tag him in and then Miro wins the match. Yeah, this was, I loved this match. Absolutely loved it so, so much because it was designed to, you know, Miro set this up on TV being like the time of playing games is over and it's now for Miro to be the best man. And this match was just designed to make Miro look awesome and it achieved that in like just over and over again because the match was designed to set up for the baby face win. Orange Cassidy comes down, like, you know, from the back. Oh, no, I've been beaten up so much. But we get the tag and we're, oh, we somehow managed to get the win. Mira's like, nah. Like, they even do, like, the, you know, the spot where Mira's partner is taken out of the match effectively because Penelope Ford gets bumped. So Kip Sabian is focusing on her. So you're like, I called this and we had the baby faces win. Mira's like, nah, I'm still winning, though. And just, you know, booting people, <laughs> locking in the game over and winning. It's just awesome. It's so, so mm. cool. Like, I need to see Miro as a single star in this company. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're sowing the seeds of a split up down the line between Miro and Kip. Uh, I don't know how they do it, but it's it's much needed and long overdue. Miro needs to be a killer. Maybe not yeah. necessarily a single star. He can still be with Cap, uh, Cap, Kip, <laughs> but it should be like the focus is going to be on Miro because he is a guy that should be going for the TNT title. Yeah. Easy. Capsibian. <laughs> uh, Hangman Page then took on Matt Hardy. They had a, a you know, 15-minute match. A 15-minute Matt Hardy match on pay-per-view. Uh, you know, without all the hardcore spot stuff. Not that I want to see that anymore, actually. It, 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 it was what it was. Page was great. It was well-worked. But compared to everything else on the card, I thought it was... The, the most average, I suppose, but the the final angles were beautifully done. Yeah. Private Party tried to interfere, Dark Order chased them off, and they literally help Page up when he's knocked off the apron. They all catch him, and they throw him back up, buckshot Lariat for the win. Oh, so beautiful. So, so good. And like, you know, going into this match, you kept saying it was the match you were most excited for. And I've never seen someone so excited for what is on paper, a two and a half star match. And what we got was that two and a half star match, you know, maybe even three, but like it was mm. perfectly fine stuff. You know, it's, it's Matt Hardy doing his Matt Hardy stuff. Hangman Page is the most compelling character in wrestling. So yeah, 
even when it is just a three-star match, I'm still massively invested in it because I love Paige so much. And I, I just love the finish of this, you know, which was Dark Order helping him hit the buckshot lariat effectively. And, you know, celebrating with them after the match and, you know, then bringing the beer and then him handing the beer back to them. Still don't know if he's with them. Like, I know you said in your review, you want him to be the leader, but I don't, I don't, he doesn't lead them. He just needs to be part of their group and just be friends with them. He doesn't need to lead them in anything. But I still don't know if he's part of the group. So I'm still now wanting to see on Wednesday, is Paige part of the group now? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I that that's the great thing about Paige. Just when you think you know where his character's going to go, he finds some new weird, torturous situation of self-sabotage to put himself in. I think the most compelling route for him now to take, because we've seen him not join the Dark Order. Now, he joins the Dark Order, but that doesn't complete him either. Sure, he loves everyone, but that you know almost puts him in a more heartbreaking scenario. Oh, I'm with yeah. these guys. They love me, but I don't want to be anyone's leader. No, that's exactly. Me. Yeah. So that's I think what... that's that's what I would like to see. But if I've learned anything about Hangman Page storylines, it's whatever I think is a good idea. He's got something infinitely better. So I'm excited. Yeah, I I'm, I love that idea. Apparently, um, on the media call, he said he hasn't joined. He was wearing a purple T-shirt, apparently, but still has not said that he's officially joined uh, the group. So there's mm-hmm. still some story to tell. But I actually I love that idea that you pitched then of him being the leader, but realizing like I'm I'm not your not a leader, guys. Like I just want to hang out with you because you're nice. The, I think the the to to excuse the pun, the uniqueness in Page is is to now have him try on lots of different hats to find himself, when really those all add bits of strength to him, but ultimately he can't find value elsewhere. He's got to find it within himself, and that's after four or five of those. That's when he goes after Omega. So what you're Incredibly saying is satisfying. What you're saying is that he's going to look for his own infinity gems and try and build like a gauntlet and then realizing he doesn't need the gauntlet at all because luke kenny omega thinks those validation exists in titles but page finds validation in other people and ultimately himself oh he is the most compelling story uh, character in wrestling at the moment I, i love him so much um after that we got the face of the revolution match uh, which was for a 1990s Sonic Gold ring suspended above the, <laughs> the ladder. <laughs> I got my swear out. I got my one swear out on the live stream last night when I saw that gold ring. I was like, that's effing stupid. Like, that just looks so stupid. And it did look real dumb, like real stupid. It, and people kept saying, like, oh, it's definitely a Kenny Omega thing because it looks like a Sonic ring. And I was like, this is 100% a Cody thing. They're literally... Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're literally like grasping the brass ring. Like this has got Cody written all over it and it were proper stupid. (laughs) I learned there there are a lot of people who are saying like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's not a Sonic ring. It's a brass, like it's a brass ring. I'm like, that's worse. (laughs) And I was going to say, it's like, we're not missing that. They were explicitly saying that on commentary Mm. over and over again, that they're fighting for this brass ring. And yeah, it's so much worse that it's the brass ring. It, it wasn't brass. Well, it was, but the way the lights hit it, <laughs> it was gold. I was going through to a special zone. I was going to go get a Chaos yeah. Emerald from, from winning that. I really liked when the guys got up to the top of the ladder 
and some spotlight was shining off of the ring and you could see the reflect like the <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. cody because it's super weird super dumb this yeah i'm gonna smash a throne with a sledgehammer oh, yeah exactly. super weird like it's fine like if you did like if you'd have just done that throne thing at the first double or nothing and then that was it you'd be like Cool. He got his one moment and he did the thing where he smashed the Triple H thing. Cool. But <laughs> we literally had them fighting over a... Guys, I don't know if you get this, but Vince McMahon always used to say that the problem with kids these days is they're not going for the brass rings. And the irony of that is that there's no brass rings to be had. There's actually just a glass ceiling. There's br- There are brass rings, but there's a glass ceiling above you that you cannot get to. And that's why, like people are frustrated when they leave so i don't know if you know this but it's a thing that vince mcmahon has said and has said it in interviews and now they're actually fighting for it this is what we need the next double or nothing multi-women match in a glass ceiling match it's like helena cell honestly but the top is made of glass i honestly would not be surprised if somewhere down the line AEW did the glass ceiling match where the aim of it is to climb up a ladder and smash the glass ceiling and that will be you'll then get a title shot for the TNT title or something you literally just have love to like, it. like smash through the, the glass ceiling to get there mm. love it it's anyway symbolic. this match was bonkers it had Cody Rhodes Scorpio Sky Pentagon Lance Archer Max Caster and an AEW debuting Ethan Page had left Impact back in January, and now he's here. So that means Hangman Page, Ethan Page, Christian Cage, Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page, Brian Cage. I want a Cage Page team up. The Cage Page <laughs> family. Yeah, this was, it, it is a lot of, I mean, you just got to bring in like, you know, Nick Gage now and Nicholas Cage, and you can have like a big old like reunion for everyone. <laughs> Uh, but this match was just insane. Obviously, it was capped by the giant Cheerio suspended above the ring that they're all fighting for. We had a Canadian destroyer from Pentagon on Cody through a ladder. Uh, Cody then was like sort of escorted off. He played out that he was injured. He sold very well. I just, I just, I thought it was a bit overbooked, and Cody was always on the ramp. It was a bit, bit off. Yeah, it was, and like. We we said this in the stream as well, but like it's the Roman Reigns thing, right? You know, like we need Roman in this match for the full rumble, but we don't want Roman in the match for the full rumble. So we're just going to take him out. And then he comes out 40 minutes later and we're supposed to be like, yay, the man who hasn't been here for 40 <laughs> minutes is, is come back. And like everyone else who's been there for 40 minutes, they're the baddies, I guess. And like Cody did this spot where he got taken out of the match and then he's supposed to have the sort of courageous, oh, I'm fighting against the odds. I'm going to come back to the ring. But the crowd booed him for it because it it didn't work. Mm. God, I wonder how this pay-per-view would have played to a larger crowd. Yeah, I mean, I still think people would have booed it then as well. Like, I know people love Cody and everything, but this match, it felt like it was designed Mm. to put a spotlight on some people who haven't been in that TNT title picture. And, you know, which we got, like, Scorpio Sky got the win at the end of this. We also had, you know, as you say, the debuting Ethan Page as some Pentagon, you know, nearly getting in there as well. So I think that's what people were kind of clamoring for with this. And when Cody made his big, you know, oh, I'm, I'm coming out for the fight now, everyone was like, oh, God, we're just getting Cody winning again, which is not what people really wanted out of this match. 
So I guess that's why people would have booed. I think on a larger scale, people people might have actually just booed it more. Mm. Um, I how do you feel about Sky as a winner? I've got to admit, I am uninspired. Uh, I've I've said my piece on SCU being the inaugural tag team champions. I thought that was a mistake, and he has fought for the TNT title as part of Cody's Open Challenge last year and did not impress. Uh, it was like one of the weaker TV matches. I'm looking at everyone in this match. I would have probably given it to everyone else. Yeah, I mean, even Cody. We even said like you know he was your third pick to win. And he was sixth pick overall out of a field of six, one of which, two of which, in fact, we didn't know who was going to be in the match. I think that's got how low Scorpio was down in, in our estimated winner. I really like Scorpio Sky. And then Scorpio Sky mm. is an amazing, amazing talent. I'm hoping that this new character that he's got is the one that's sort of like, this is the one that works, right? This is the one where we finally get to see Scorpio Sky in AEW because clearly, like, they want him to be one of their big stars. He, you know, as you say, he was first tag champ with SCU. Had they like the feud with Jericho? Like he pinned Jericho, the first person to pin yeah. Jericho and get the AEW championship match. So they've clearly got a lot of stock that they want to put in Sky. So I'm, I'm going to sort of like reserve judgment until we see the match on Wednesday with Darby Allen. That will be when I can be like, cool, yeah, I think this this is now a really good direction to go. Or it's a case of just that. Yeah, maybe Dark is just the, the the home for Scorpio Sky. You know, like that's just, he can have his feuds on Dark there and they're good and the people who watch Dark really like them, but he's just almost not connecting on TV on, on Dynamite. I I don't think it's a, it's a big thing. Like when they announced the title match will be on this Wednesday's Dynamite, it kind of undercut the ladder match for me because it's not like, oh, this is the number one contender that we're going to build a program and a chase around. It's, oh, match is going to happen in a couple of days' time. It's really just like a, a big way to promote the TV episode. Yeah, I guess so. Unless, of course, Sky wins. Yeah, but that I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. I oh, mean, well. the last thing I'll say on this, I think we should end this, this match off, the review of this match off, with a quote from Garth Marenghi himself, uh, who said, I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> Speaking of, maybe a little bit too much text with the promotion for this next thing because we then got the unveiling of the 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 Hall of Fame worthy signee for AEW, and it's Christian Cage. They do a countdown on screen. Christian's sort of was it a remix of the old Impact theme? The yeah, it was TNA kind of like. Theme? Kind of like his old TNA theme, basically. Yeah, like even like the countdown clock was exactly what his entrance was in mm -hmm. TNA as well. Yeah, I was like, I know that font. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's Christian Cage. Christian, a legend Christian fame. The guy who made his return from like seven years out of the Royal Rumble in January was with WWE. Another big star, big name to slip through their fingers. It's a big deal. But... I I feel like the handling of this wasn't the most effective way to 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 do it, you know. I someone actually pitched this to me on Twitter last night, being like, "What if it had been reversed? So Christian was the signing 
that you do the first time round. You'd be like, Christian is all elite. And you're like, oh, wow, Christian is the, is the person that signed. That's crazy. And then Christian's like, and I've got, there's another Hall of Fame worthy signing that's coming. And then that person was Paul White. I wonder how the reaction would be different because I think people, because like, no one saw Big Show coming, right? Like no one in a cat in hell's chance saw Big Show, Paul White signing with All Elite Wrestling. But once they made like the announcement, oh, it's it's a new signing, there were a handful of names that got thrown around. And it was, you know, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle. Christian was one of those names. A lot of people had sort of predicted that it was going to be Christian. Had you done it the other way around, would people have predicted that it was going to be Paul White? And then Paul White would have actually been a legit surprise? I, I don't know. I must say, I I said to a lot of people last week, no way is it Christian. <laughs> Uh, like he just came back to the WWE. Surely they've got something for him with Edge. Like, why would you do that? That was a, a, a return planned month in advance. There's money on the table for those tag matches, that tag reunion. Surely that's Edge's direction post WrestleMania after losing the title. I can't believe I overestimated WWE <laughs> and their plans for Christian. Um, but yeah. on that idea of of switching switching round show and Christian, I don't think that would work. I think that would be worse, probably, just because at least Christian is a big deal. He came back seven years out, Royal Rumble, like active wrestler, looking good in the Rumble match. Big Show is definitely more at the end of his career and less exciting than Christian is. I would argue, to me, like we saw Tempest react, it was huge pop, biggest star in the world. I think it's an issue of timing. I think if if Christian made a return at the Elimination Chamber or if Revolution was two weeks after Royal Rumble, everyone would be going mad. This would be huge. But we're fickle. And it's been like six weeks since that happened. And, and the moment the hotness has passed, Christian was hugely hot at the Rumble. But then there's been a month and a week after that. So... Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel I, I get that you want to get people through. And look, I, I'm guilty of this all the time. Look, we put major on on a lot of things, and and we're 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 consciously trying to pair that back for only when it is like a a major signing or you know we try and use other words. I think that I think their promotion of this ultimately backfired because I. I, 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 you know, it wasn't Punk. It wasn't Lesnar. Of course, I fantasized about that, but I, I never thought. I thought it's Kurt Angle. I thought it's Christian. And when it was Christian, I was just like, cool. Compare yeah. that to when Christian came back at the Rumble. Mind blown. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think that like, we had that, that moment. Like, you can literally go back and watch our, there's link to in the video description of our reactions when Christian came out. We all were like, that's Christian. Cool. That's, that's great. And I'm really tough, Christian. It's also like, it's a big deal because this is Christian choosing AEW over WWE. Mm. WWE presented plans. They presented contracts. They presented, here is what we want to do now that Christian is cleared to return. And he was like, no, I'm actually going to go to this other company instead because I think I'm valued more there. We talked about this on the stream last night. WWE do not value Christian as a talent. Todd Christian, you know, told the story recently when Christian went back to WWE and he debuted in ECW, Todd Christian gave a really bored reaction to it. It was like, oh, it's Christian. And a lot of people have kind of like, like, you know, hounded Todd for that over years being like, why did you sound so bored for Christian's return? Todd Christian mm -hmm. said it on Instagram recently, 
I was told explicitly like Vince McMahon not to make a big deal out of it. God. Because to WWE, Christian isn't a big deal. Edge is their guy. Christian is just a guy that they don't like. He's just a guy that they've always had. And then they didn't have, and then they got back because he got hot somewhere else. So this is Christian making a choice to go somewhere else. And I do think that is a, a big deal. I think it's a really big deal, yeah. in fact, because I think he probably had some fairly, like, I would say some sizable plans, most likely, you know, a tag run with Edge at the very least, a match against the Usos, a, a, you know, a, a match against lots of other tag teams that they have got. I say lots of other tag teams, the tag teams that they have there. But I wonder if it's a case of, here's what we're going to do up until Mania, and then we've got nothing else on the on the cards for you. Like, you know, it's a case of like, cool, what am I doing after Mania? It's like, well, we mm. don't know. It's like, well, cool, I'm going to go to AEW there because they've actually got a long plan for for what I can do. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm valued more there. And I know a lot of people like, it's just another old, old WWE guy. He's only three years older than the current WWE champion. Like, mm. like you know, everyone, you know, and he's only a few years older than AJ Styles. Like, it's about sort of your presentation as opposed to your age uh, in this. And also, I would wager, I don't think Christian is going to be going after Kenny Omega in the AEW Championship anytime soon. I could be very wrong on that one. But knowing how uh, knowing how AEW have pushed their sort of like legends and, and things like that, and these sort of legendary figures, I don't know if they're going to just push him straight into that mold. I don't know. We hope so. The goddamn Canadian Mafia, it seems like. Christian versus Omega, keeping all the titles up there. I, I, I agree. And like I said with Big Show, it's like if, if I'm in charge of a wrestling promotion and I'm, you know, my competitor is WWE and Big Show comes up as a potential signing, I'm like, of course. Why wouldn't you? And then like Christian, if Christian came up as a potential signing after he returned at the Rumble, like, of course. Why wouldn't you? But I do think the optics can start to count against you after a while. Like those things in isolation, perfectly fine. In fact, brilliant ideas. But I think they compound quite quickly. Like the, I don't think you can sign another ex-WWE guy, or a veteran at least, for a long time. Like mm -hmm. a, oh, a, yeah. at least six months. Yeah, no, no, completely agree with you. Like it's, yeah, you gotta, you have gotta pace this sort of thing out. Like it's, excuse me, kind of like crazy that they did it two weeks after they did Paul White, and that's when you kind of, that's when the TNA comparisons could come out. It's quite lovely, really, that we said that this, you know, making an announcement on pay per view is a very TNA thing to do, and they brought out mm. famous TNA star Christian Cage. Like it was, you know, it's quite lovely, really, sort of quite thematic. Um, I'm hoping that Christian gets a great run out of this like you know one final run for christian that one more match because christian is an incredible talent like it really has been was so underutilized uh in wwe he only got a main event run because edge retired like if, if edge hadn't retired then christian would never have got that world title run that he did and that world title run against randy orton was absolutely brilliant and christian did amazing stuff in tna as well so perhaps like this is just nostalgia goggles on me being excited for this and they could very well be and you know and maybe in months i would be like actually this has not worked out particularly great as it currently stands i'm really in for this but i'm curious to see how they how he's used more than anything 
yeah, we'll have to see. A great, great signing, great pickup. Um, but ultimately, I think the promotion of that announcement worked against it. But, yeah. it, but it is, yeah, we've got to see how it pans out. Exactly. You've got to remember, uh, like, I think that one of the things that AEW really do need to learn is that if you say there's a surprise coming, wrestling fans will always say it's CM Punk. And if it's not CM Punk, then people will see that as a disappointment. So you've got to learn how to, like, as someone put it in the chat there, undersell, over deliver. And I think mm. what AEW's problem is there was that they perhaps overhyped and, you know, for, for a lot of people, we saw it in the chat yesterday, massively under-delivered because it wasn't CM Punk or Brock Lesnar. Therefore, people are going to be like, well, that's crap then because it's not CM Punk or Brock Lesnar. Uh, the final match we're going to talk about is the semi-main because we've already covered the exploding barbed wire death match. That is Team Taz of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen and Sting in a cinematic street fight although it wasn't really in the street it was in a, an abandoned warehouse spooky spooky but there was denim there was a lot of denim um i the more i think about this the more sort of i'm i'm a bit over it, for, for what it was i can't imagine anything better but i'm just i i feel like Racing has moved on from those weird days of yep. cinematic matches. Agreed. That was my thing with it as well. Was you, since the Thunderdome, we sort of stopped doing the cinematic matches because we realized that ah, we don't need to, like the swamp fight was kind of like the last hurrah. And mm. it was a, a, you know, a, not a great one to go out on, but that was when we were like, yeah, I think this cinematic match has probably had its day now. We, we tried it and it was fun for a bit, but yeah, I don't think we're going to do it anymore. Some of them were amazing. Some of them St were great. Stadium Stampede, Five Five Funhouse. Yeah, some of them were I mean, absolutely brilliant. I oh, would argue in some cases of Money in the Bank were, were really fun as well. It was maybe a bit too wacky for some people, but I enjoyed it for you know for how wacky that it was. But this was like, it almost felt like this should, if this had aired last May, then it would been like, all right, cool. Yeah, no, that, mm. was, that was really fun. But, you know, here in March of 2021, it almost felt a bit passe to be doing mm. uh, a cinematic match. And as a result, I don't think I was ever fully invested into this, even though they did some really cool stuff with this. You know, it's like Darby getting thrown through that glass plane, uh, the glass pane, rather, um, the, the coffin drop from the top. You know, there were some kind of cool moments in all of this, but I never really got invested in this. And I think once we saw Sting take that bump as well, the powerbomb bump, I, was, I think, I mean, me in particular, in fact, this is a fault of me, I convinced myself it wasn't going to be a cinematic match and it would just be a street fight mm. around ringside. And as it turns out, it was a cinematic match. It was fine, but I just, I just not what I needed at this point late into the show as well. We'll point out that a lot of people or, or a portion of people really loved it. And we're not oh, taking yeah. that away from you. Cause like we said, for what it was, I can't imagine it done any better. It's just, I, I'm, I'm not really into this stuff anymore, like we said. But yeah, ultimately, uh, Darby hit this spectacular spot where he sort of jumped off the inside first floor balcony thing th onto Cage through a wooden platform, which went down into the, the basement level, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Sting, Scorpion Death dropped Ricky Starks inside a ring <laughs> that just happened to be there in the warehouse to win. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was It was cool. It really was cool. And I'm glad that people liked it as well. Like I would actually say remarkably, looking at the chat, the most positive that we've had about this show has been around this match. There were people who did not like the Mizunami match. There were people who did not like the ladder match. There were people who did not like the Miro match, who did not like the tag match. 
But this is the first time we've seen, like, the chat has been 100% positive about this match. And it's probably the one match in the card that you know, I've been like, yeah, it was fine. It didn't really yeah. do much for me. But I'm, so I'm really glad that people did like this. We have loads of Omega chats to get through. Thank you, everyone, ever so much. Let's do the poll. I was going to say, we need to do the poll first about uh, what people thought of this show. I So last night, when the show finished, I said I went to bed and I was just a bit so, you know, sad and a bit sort of disappointed. Laid there in bed and I thought to myself, oh, I, should, um, I should really put up the community poll for what people thought of this show. Nah, I'll do it in the morning. It'll be, it'll be fine. I'll, do, I'll sort of in the morning. And then I laid there thinking, I was like, no, people need to. People need to get their thoughts out there. <laughs> I'm going to get this poll up now. So I literally I got out of bed and I went back downstairs, booted my laptop yeah, back right. up so I could put this poll up. And I was actually very surprised to see 51% gave it a four out of five rating with yeah. 22% leading to middle of the road and 15% leading to a five out of five show. Based off the feedback and people's feelings on the finale of the show, I was really surprised that over half of the votes that we got was for a four out of five show. I'm not surprised. I think every, sure, we were all talking about that last bit right at the end. But ultimately, you know, I think people are smart enough to know that was the very last thing. Overall, it was a very good show. It's just a shame that it ended that way. But wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get in your Omega chats there. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. There's so many. Trenton Brown says, busy at work, so I can't watch live. But I just wanted to say there are more explosions in a normal Cody Rhodes entrance than in the ending to the show last night. Yeah, real letdown. Josh B17. I think the interference is getting tiresome with the face commentators saying Kenny is the best in the world, but he seemingly can't win any match on his own, which I understand is a trope of heel wrestling, but don't want it in every match. Was it like that was like the commentators are bringing up that point a lot. You know, they were like JR and Callis and Tony Schiavone got into massive shouting matches with each other to kind of put over that point. So that is like it's it's done by design. Trevor Savert, I would have the advertised main event for Wednesday be Moxley speaking to the audience. Then Omega comes out to injure him and to write Mox off TV. Maybe go full Rikishi with it and run him down with the car. Only way they can save this. It'd be quite cool for Kenny, particularly because he could come down and give him like, you wanted a vicious, <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't happy with the beating, like the, the destruction that I gave you. Here's some destruction then. And that's mm. sort of, that's how you write Moxley off TV as a way to go. Like, yeah. Cut to the helicopter. The the stadium. <laughs> Donald Quaid. The corner shot with Omega going through the plywood barbed wire and there was no explosion. That should have been the first red flag. I honestly think they expensed all their pyroblast. There were none left for the final blast. Hashtag poor planning. Hashtag no plan B. I would say the plywood on the corners, they weren't supposed to explode. They were just barbed wire boards. Boards on the outside were supposed to explode, mm. and they did. But the, the you know the barbed wire boards at the side weren't supposed to. Uh, Anthony, sorry, the commentary should have changed to saying Eddie is suffering from a heart attack to make the selling more sense. Uh, make sense. It is tasteful, but no. Is it is it tasteful? Is it tasteful? No. no, but would make a better scene than him selling the explosion. I'm so damn ready for Miro main eventing. Jam that jam. I don't think anything would have worked in that moment 
I really afraid. don't think so. Austin it Falco. Austin Falco, in regards to the final explosion itself, do you think it would have been any better had the pyro on the ring posts been pointed towards the middle of the ring instead of upwards? Yeah, possibly. We want to do it safely. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but also he needs to make this do look, uh, make it look spectacular. Yeah. Adam Berry, that ending is what I imagine it's like for my wife having sex with me. Overhyped promises of fireworks, but ended up being nothing more than a, a sparkle and a sweaty man passed down on top, selling like it was an explosive action. Very nice. Very good. Do you want me to take over? Yes. Okay, on the subject of Christian, um, Gamma said, I really enjoyed the pay-per-view on Fight TV. Uh, well worth my Australian dollar. My question is, who would you both pick to be the first feud for Christian Cage? My first picks are Kip Sabian or Adam Page. That's the thing. There's no one who's like, there's, I'm not thinking like, oh, I want to see him wrestle this person or this person, which is a big part of debuting someone. Are you? I really don't know. Like that's, I, as soon as I saw that question, I was like, I honestly, I, I'm excited for Christian to be there, but I don't know what I want him to do yet. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cautiously just say that I, I'm going to wait and see what they do. Cause probably what they do is we've got like way bigger plans than what I could possibly think of. Pentagon. Well, obviously. Uh, Ryan Cahill, I really enjoyed last night's show and felt uh, overall feel that 99% of the time AEW is great. However, that other 1% feels like bad TNA stuff. Not only the dud of ending, but having Christian walk out, sign a contract, and then walk to the back was a letdown. At least it's only 1%. Uh, poet the Poet's Poet, I for one think the, the Christian signing had the appetites of uh, the appropriate amount of build. Also, I'm kind of glad that the explosion at the end was a dud because it saved me from crying in front of my girlfriend due to wrestling, which has definitely never happened before. Uh, Benny Boy 4 the Royal Rumble, Christian returned and everyone was happy and wanted him in a title match with Edge or a title run. He debuts in AEW and now he's old, broken and can't wrestle. I really hate fans sometimes. That's an excellent point, Benny Boy. It's a really, really great point, actually. Um, is a myth. Think that Vince is sitting somewhere thinking, ah, ha, 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 ha. don't even use pyro and it's still better. Also, Christian's return was underwhelming. I like, uh, I like, but obviously too much hype. AEW should utilize what WWE don't do, surprise entrances. I uh, saw a popular joke uh, going around that Raw is going to start tonight with loads of pyro. <laughs> <laughs> Black Adam, I was so pissed when the counter popped up and they started playing Christian's TNA theme and no one reacted until his name popped mm -hmm. up. How do you not know his iconic theme? Also, Butcher and Blade need a push. They're effing awesome and feel real, you know? Oh, Butcher. Oh, Butcher. Well, it's 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 not a Quizzlemania round. I haven't heard <laughs> that song for like 10 years. Uh, Nate S. Well, it's the big scoop. Glad to see Christian and <laughs> AEW. Shame we won't get that Christian big show, a uh, big E IC title match. Loved the show aside from the bad ending. Was disappointed, but mocks great promo after sent us home on a better note. Still love this company. Yeah, I wonder if like because Big E wanted the Christian match, and I wonder if Christian wanted the match as well. They presented it to Vince. He was like, "No, you're going to accompany Edge to the ring." He's like, mm. no, "I'm done. No, I'm, I'm off somewhere else. Thanks." <laughs> Nate S there was at the show, a uh, man on the ground. Uh, Holopan, Hangman's entrance, captioned saying he decided on the snap of 560Z, this is the model of Ride of Lawnmower, in reference to when Brody Lee bought six of them after winning the TNT title. Hit me in the feels, man. That's a beautiful detail. Wilson Simons, was with my friend who watches and one who doesn't watch wrestling. 
friend who doesn't had the whole it's fake and stupid mindset, but this show completely turned him around and he's now texting me asking when the next shows are. 10 out of 10 show. Okay, that's interesting, which is different. We haven't had that kind of message so far. Everyone else has said that they showed it and then was like, nah, this is why I don't watch wrestling. CM Chris. Hello, Luke and Mr. Davis. I still think this really was a fun show. Yes to Paige and Cage being an AEW. Kingston selling and protecting Mox was a lovely throwback to the Anita Funk, I think, and made up for the ending. Hashtag Bombermania. Hashtag <laughs> love you, Carol, so, so much. It's, such, it's our wonderful Swaff Nation like love story. I love it so much. Yeah. Charles Berg, Maki Ito tantrums are quality. Christine Cage is a 7 out of 10 hype for me. I enjoyed the sparkler match, but that brass ring has got to go fast. It looks like an inner tube for a kid. Uh, it looks like Trump's hemorrhoid pillow. It was scaled to Batista's girth. Like a I like cock the, ring, I guess. I like the uh, got to go fast there. Very, very nice touch, mate. Uh, Greg Murphy, no, no hyperbole. That was one of the worst, dumbest pay-per-views I have ever seen. Casino tag great. Six-man match contrived. Cody loves himself. Love the guy, but Christian is not even near the level of hype they have built. Main event was damaging for the industry. Oh, I think that's a bit much there, Greg. Also, like, where are all these people that have, for the last seven years, have been saying Christian should be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Like, 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 literally, there have been campaigned year after year after year, outrage year after year that he's not in the Hall of Fame. And as soon as AEW signs, like, well, I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy. Craig Murphy continues, also, just to elaborate, I am not anti-AEW, but that pay-per-view was dis December to dismember levels of bad. Cinematic matches have also had their time, I think. The ending fizzle isn't an issue. Production mishaps can happen, but the match was just pointless and boring. Greg, we're all entitled to our opinions, mate, but like that December to December literally killed a brand. Like that was like the death of ECW. I like this is not going to be the death of AEW. Like it's not it's not it was not that bad. Yeah, I, re I really think you should revisit the shows you're comparing it to because yeah. this was and, and if, if you look at the the polls you can sort of see how widely off base you are to to the general opinion um colostopia since i didn't watch it live and did did know what happened i did enjoy the show a lot my only problem is that the next pay-per-view is again on a sunday oh i didn't know that is it not oh, oh, that good i'm actually glad about <clears throat> that because it makes it easier for us to do these reviews yeah uh, Dylan Starr, hey lads, decent show. Shame about the finish, though. For me, the biggest surprise was that women's title match. For having no interest going in, the promo packages really sold me and they delivered. Makes me sad for Asuka, although maybe WWE watched this. Hashtag jam that jam. I think that someone will have seen the clips and they will have had a good old giggle at the finish and have seen nothing else on the show. The Decker Dane. Thought Revolution was okay. Three out of five. Enjoyed the street fight and the barbed wire match. Underwhelmed by Christian's signing, though WWE did drop the ball here, and the sparkler finale of the main event, which deflated the danger of the match's high stakes. Uh, Alan Monson. Hey guys, I wasn't able to watch the pay-per-view last night, but I heard everything that happened. What are your thoughts on Young Bucks versus Death Triangle? Personally, I'm very excited to see that match. Also, is Kingston next in line to challenge Omega? I want to see a Kingston Omega feud, and I'm so excited for the Bucks versus Death Triangle. That is going to be a amazing main event of television. Oh yeah. I kind of want Kingston to be 
taken out and to come back with Moxley, though. Uh, Kevin, this is the best crowd we had since AEW allowed fans back, in my opinion, and that somehow made me so excited for WrestleMania. The show itself was very good, unfortunate ending, but a lot of enjoyable stuff on it. Totally agree. Alan Metz, good morning, guys. I thought the show was good overall, but I think my expectations were so high between the main event and the big signing that it was almost impossible to live up to. I'm sure other people feel the same way. But that's that, you know, it's not on you, Alan, as well. That is what promotion is. That's what, uh, you know, promoters would uh, design. That's what they do. That's that's what their job is to promote you and get you excited. Dar Train 24, I'm absolutely here for Christian Cage, and AEW gets killed for how they book their women's division, but we had three really good women's matches yesterday. It was awesome, even with a craptastic ending. Yeah, two. two matches. Yeah. Um, they were good, though. And, and what we, say that, we say this every time. A, a good pay-per-view match does not make a good division. Like, yeah. you, you need to treat them well all the time, not just once every two, three months. Matthew McFadden, poor Tony Khan used all his pyrotechnics celebrating his team's win over Liverpool yesterday. Don't blame him. But to put a positive spin on things, I loved Hangman and Dark Order. 15-team match, Mackie Ito, and the beautifully shot cinematic match. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if I'm going to watch one match again from this show, it is going to be that Tag Team Battle Royal because that was superb stuff. Dr. Doom, the biggest star of the night was clearly Maki Ito. I marked out for her hard when she came out. So cool. So exciting. What a, what a great way to kick off the show. Did get the biggest pop. Yeah. Over, over Christian. Easily. Zachary Jenkins. Hey, guys, I hope the ending would be Kenny doing a V-trigger to Mox on his hands and knees while his head is on the bottom rope. Oh, maybe AEW could have done like a controlled explosion. Also been getting 0809 TNA vibes from WWE and AEW with Christian. I mean, those were good years. Um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, yeah, Zachary Jenkins, they had planned from what we can gather, you know, a lot has been reported. They did have a controlled explosion planned. It just didn't go off. Andrew Gronick, your AEW bias is showing. This was the worst of the AEW pay-per-views. The women's tag match was clunky, the ladder match had many botches, and the lack of kaboom was bad. Everyone can have a bad day. Two out of five will be watching on Wednesday, though. I, you know, I, I think... I think this show was... I, I preferred All Out. So, yeah, I guess by AEW's own very high standards... This was the least best, one of the least best AEW pay-per-views they've ever done. Yeah, it was either it was a, a great show that was marred by a very, very bad ending. Like, I don't think that's AEW bias. I, I, I don't get, I, I will never get that. I'll never get that comment. I don't, I don't understand it. Leon Quashy, look at all these marks. All up in the Khan Kool-Aid. This pay-per-view had something for every fan. Hardcore, Joshi, tag team, botchamania. <laughs> had fun, though, and the pay-per-view was good, too. AEW have seemed agile enough to manoeuvre most speed bumps, so we'll see. Yeah. It's a very good way of phrasing it, Leon. I mm -hmm. like that. And yeah, the, the variety of each match was a huge part of why this pay-per-view flew by for me. So much. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was, you know, four hours. Hmm. Um, do you mind if I hot tag you? Yeah. <laughs> You're right, bud. Okay, 
Yeah, just need a bit. Oh, mate, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Burt Wayne, AEW hands down nailed the cinematic match, raises the bar. I don't know for who, though, because WWE aren't doing them anymore, apart from when we get to the Firefly Fan House. So, um, yeah. Uh, Josh Davis, really enjoyed the pay-per-view. Four out of five. Main event was great. Eddie coming out had me in tears. Shame about the fireworks. Christian being signed was very cool. Do I wish it was punk? Of course. That doesn't mean I'm not happy it's Christian. Jam that jam, lads. Very excellent level-headed response there, Josh. Oathkeeper65, I wanted to like Revolution. I only cared about the signing. Hardy match and the street fight, and they were great. But hyping it, much, hyping it so much for a wet fart, blaming Kenny doesn't make up for an overhyped finale. Three out of five. Bacon Rasher, hi again, lads. TK mentioned in the media scrum, all Dark Order turning face left a hole on the heel side. Ethan Page comes out as a heel. Who in AEW would you like to turn to fill the heels out more? Congrats, Mr. Davis, on the big win. Let's get your title back. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, who can we turn heel? I feel like Death Triangle were working sort of, you know, quite heelish during uh, their match last night. They're sort of a lot mm. more vicious. And obviously, you got Miro. Like, Miro is like a mm. heel. Like, you know, he is a massive dude as well that can fill that hole. Yeah. Uh, Five Star, after seeing the reaction to this, people are complaining about AEW and their shows that wrestling fans are toxic. And I predicted when AEW first started that they would suffer the same fate as WWE. And that's people bitching and moaning about them. Uh, I, look, I do get that. But come on, this is like we, we're reviewing the shows. All the fans have the rights to the opinion. The, it's not bitching and moaning when something fails. No. It's, it's like it's not. being like, oh man, it's it, we, we expect better from this. You know, people, people spent money on this show. Yeah, hard-earned money. Like when you and you yeah. ask people to pay hard-earned money, you do have to deliver on that. Um, Stephen Jay, great show, except for the ending explosion where Kingston had to sell the pretty sparklers. And uh, mm. thought the production of the Sting match was poor. Reminded me of Adam Cole and Dream Street Fight. Love you guys, jam that jam. Thought it looked nicer than that Street Fight because that was mm. that was quite poor. Um, Kodiak1984, I think you've covered up the flaws in this pay-per-view. Just an observation, some questionable booking, Cody overbooking himself. I feel you see one Bucks match, you've seen them all, amongst other things. Some good content, too. Uh, I give this pay-per-view a low three out of five. I think we addressed all of that in the review, though. Definitely uh, talk more... about Cody's overbooking, yeah. yeah. Uh, more Pride 34 how did we not take Hangman seriously as a top guy? I'm so emotionally attached to this man now. I just want him to be happy, damn it completely agree with you on that one uh will landrum hey legends just want to say i'm glad i put money on kurt angle not showing up too bad i lost money on kurt angle showing up um also perhaps this can facilitate cody turning heel he certainly came out of uh, the tunnel with that belt like one i think they were going for a fiery comeback there plus he's got a kid on the way i'd be surprised if he turned heel yeah but Wayne, uh, if you could entertain me and take the opinion of a certified filmmaker, WWE has a lot of catching up to do after that cinematic match. Uh, Tyler Roll, maybe they do something along the lines of Moxley cutting a promo at the end of Dynamite, then goes to leave in a car, but the car explodes. Kingston <laughs> runs in to make the save, but doesn't quite get there in time. Like a proper like Vince McMahon, the limo exploding type thing. Uh, Nicholas Lama, AEW didn't overhype anything. We, the fans, built up the signing to unreal expectations. I think Christian still has a lot to give. Also, have you seen the post-pay-per-view speech that Moxley gave? I give this pay-per-view four out of five sparklers. Yeah, we discussed that. It's uh, Moxley saying Omega 
can't build a good exploding ring, sort of blaming the explosion on him in a kayfabe way. Uh, he also had another promo as well. Like there were two videos oh. that, that got put out where he was basically just like, you know, saying uh, almost effectively apologizing for the like for the finish not going as planned but thanking people for sticking with them and sticking with this company and this and i do think that this company has got a lot to give and all this Mm. tide is shifting it was a i i posted it i reposted on twitter and i said it's such a passionate promo it almost makes me forgive for this thing going wrong and Mm -hmm. make me feel sad almost almost um riddick wolf Hi chaps, really enjoyed the pay-per-view and an evening with the boys, but I'm starting to find a bias with AEW fans that seems to overlook botching matches or low production values when WWE can be heavily scrutinised for the same things. Feel mocked for enjoying both. Riddick, I feel your pain, mate. Like we get, we get it from both sides. We get both sides of the barrel on this. We are, we don't. Some people are saying we don't praise the company enough. Some people praise too much. Uh, Riddick Wolf continues. Also, I appreciate the roller coaster it's been for all wrestling fans with AEW from the start, with mostly all highs. But I still feel it's undeniable NXT's run from 2014 is the to 2018 is the best weekly to pay per view cycle has ever put on. Great characters, stories, and booking. I I mean, yeah, you can't. It's undeniable that that run was great. The problem was the week to week TV wasn't always great because it was a it's a developmental show. So it was oftentimes it would be a week where it's just there's four matches on here and those four matches are just four matches. So I don't think week to week it was the best product, but like sort of like as an overall, yeah, it was it was terrific. I did takeovers definitely. Oh um, God, yeah. I've said before. Uh, I think Dynamite's on the best run of weekly wrestling television. Nicole Swanson, it's heartbreaking people want to see this company fail, and I think it's worth you guys repeating. Wanting this company to fail is hurtful and careless towards the wrestlers who weren't getting opportunities elsewhere or were not being used sitting in catering. Yeah. Uh, Nikolai Azapardi, is it just me, or does Griff Garrison have young Edge vibe to him? He just needs a stronger character, all in good time. All in good time. Mr. Burt Wayne says, Britt Baker, Mackie, uh, Alto, and Reba, Rebel, uh, set to take on Sheeda, Thunder, and Mizunami this Wednesday. Yep, that's a six-woman tag for Dynamite. Yeah. Dan Bates, MJF gets Jericho kicked out. He's off TV for a bit and then comes back with Sammy to give MJF Wardlow their comeuppance in a few months and retake over the inner circle. I think so, yeah. I think we're heading to a Jericho-Sammy reunion, but I think you, that's still a little bit down the line. I'll take mm. these lines for you mate you rest that throat of yours uh jake weeks hey guys uh hey guys hope you're good i'll be honest i'm not an aew fan more of an nxt guy just wanted to ask you uh would you want uh in this year's wrestlemania in terms of matches for it to be a success in your eyes and for it to be enjoyable to watch uh short yes i don't want two four hour shows or two five hour shows Um, i think bobby retaining yeah I just, I just really want some good matches. Like, you know, it's, it's mm. really at the end of the day, it's all I really want. Some good storylines and good matches. And I'm a, I'm a happy chap. I'm an easy man to please. Zachary Jenkins. Hey, guys, just finished One Division. I loved every second of it. Uh, you guys watched TNA in 2008, 2009. What did you guys think of the main event Mafia? For me, looking back, it was a great idea and think they should be recognized more. Your thoughts? Totally agree. Loved the main event Mafia. They were so cool. Brilliant. It was so good. Problem was, it was like it was a period in time where people really didn't want TNA to push ex WWE guys. So 
they were like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I think people look back at it in hindsight. It's weird that people only ever focus on the uh, aces and eights um, mm. story that they did in TNA when like the yeah, main event mafia was way better. Um, and lastly, cool. Lastly, your Gabby GM eight. Hello, lads. Enjoyed the pay-per-view last night. I'm curious what your finishing moves would be if you were pro wrestlers and why. Off topic from the pay-per-view, uh, I know, but for crying out loud, jam that jam. Yes, please. Well, on um, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, it was the gore, because I think it's the best spear in wrestling history. It was the gore and the five-star frog splash, because I'm an ECW mark. Mm. Uh, Stone Cold Stunner, you can hit it on anyone. Yeah. Well, please... Mr. Davis, take us out. A near two-hour show, that. Oof. Lot to go into there. I've only had... I've had less sleep than I have the length of this show today and last night. But thank you, everybody, ever so much for joining us here um, and for all of your generous uh, Omega Chats as well. And remember, yes, they did screw up the end of the AEW match, and that, that sucks and it sucks for everyone involved more than it sucks for us because, you know, they didn't want that to happen. And Christian, it, it, we got overhyped. Part of that's on us. Part of that's on AEW. But I I believe AEW, they're very good at learning from their mistakes. And I think they will learn from this and it'll make a better company coming out of it. So still super grateful for all Elite Wrestling being a thing. And I'm grateful that wrestling as a business is thriving overall and everyone else should be. I've been Mr. Davis. This has been Lukewarm Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.